Now there's a process, I'm not, no, you're familiar with it, of called observational learning. We observe, we retain, we retrieve. Sometimes men don't have a models that they can, they can draw from. They never had that. They may have grown up with uh, their mother taking care of them. They never had a man in their life. I see a lot of that. So find a, a model or mentor that you can draw from. Small talk, big thoughts, big thoughts. Small talk, big thoughts, big thoughts. Small talk, big thoughts, big thoughts. Oh. That was Ken Bond talking, and he was with us last time. He is back with us today on Small Talk, Big Thoughts. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Ebony Griffin, and we'll continue to hear the conversation with Ken. Now, there's a process, I know you're familiar with it, of called observational learning. We observe, we retain, we retrieve. Sometimes men don't have a models that they can, they can draw from. They never had that. They may have grown up with uh, their mother taking care of them. They never had a man in their life. I see a lot of that. So find a, a model or mentor that you can draw from. Would you say that that would be like one of the greatest needs for men to have a model that they would be able to, you know, uh, emulate or someone that will walk alongside them, kind of like a Paul and Timothy relationship? Well, you know, since you said that, um, I think that men should have three people in their life. They should have a Paul, they should have a Barnabas, and they should have a Timothy. They should have a Paul they can draw from. They should have a Barnabas that walks with them and keeps them in check. And they should have a Timothy that they can pour into. So it would take, it takes those three. It takes, it doesn't take this one. It takes a multitude of people to make you to help us to, to, to get through this, get through a crisis. You know, the Bible says a quarter three is not easily broken. There's something about the number three. But a lot of men are afraid to express how they're really feeling. I've, so, oh, I'm, I was going to ask you, do you find that, you know, as a male counselor, that it is easier to kind of like break the code for those men that are kind of hard and may not want to to kind of like open up where they may not be used to it. How easy is that for you being a male therapist? It has its, its pluses and its minuses. In some ways it is helpful because some of the men that I that I see, they look at me, look to me as, a, as being more of a confidant and they feel they can open up. And then some men may look at me as being someone that challenges them too much and they, and they feel intimidated. And that's not what I'm trying to do. But that that comes off sometimes. Mm-hmm. So sometimes men it all it all depends. Sometimes men work can work better with women than men. Mm-hmm. I have found that I've found that a lot of uh, men may seek a female therapist, and some of that is because of their upbringing. So if they're you know mostly women in the household, then you know they may have sisters or uh, grandma, mom then they may feel more comfortable talking to a female therapist, but it still comes with challenges in regards to like cracking the code just because 
regardless of my gender, I feel, I feel like just getting in there, just the, the cultural aspects of, you know, how some men are, they may, it takes a while to kind of like open up and to be as transparent, you know, as, as they would want to be. Well, it takes, it takes a while. It takes a while anyway. I, I tell, I tell men, I, I ask them, I say, look at this as if this is the first time that you've ever seen an onion. And when you peel the onion, as you get to the core, what's going to happen? If you've never experienced it before, I said, well, my, my eyes will start watering. I said, that may happen as you start to expose more of your truth. And that's okay. So I've had men to break down and cry. I've had men tell me that this is the first time they've been able to share some, some abuses that they've been experiencing. You know, they've been abused as a child and they, they've hit it. Women too. But uh, women are more open than men are about that. So the, the history that they're being exposed to, the culture that's, that surrounds them, and that, that varies too. Because we have a lot of mixed cultures that are here. So some, some may feel, hey, it's not appropriate for me to share with you some of the things that I've experienced. But I, and, I have to reinforce that. Hey, I'm not here to judge you. Right. And, and also letting them know that regardless of what your culture is, your color is, your race is, that we are, you know, we have a duty as therapists not to judge and to be unbiased and to walk with you on your journey to support you. So just like you said earlier about just making sure that they feel comfortable to share, that's a part of our jobs to provide a safe space for them. Yeah, I've, I've opened up my, my hours so that, um, that I can meet with men because uh, after the first of the year, because I saw a need for more men needing to have someone they can talk to. I see a lot of men that are one of the problems, but another problem I see is that in, in, in couples relationships that women tend to, and I, I use the, the phrase leveling up on men, mm. you know, they, they're supposed to come in equally yoked and a guy may come in with a good job, but he has no aspirations and a woman does. And she gets promoted. She moves up, even though he's still supposed to be the king of the house and he gets the respect. Sometimes that causes a problem. So for you is leveling up, does that mean that, you know, what does that mean in regards to their interaction? Explain that a little bit more. Well, so now here is a, a, a woman and she, she, both of them, both of them may have gone to some school, but then she has an opportunity to, to advance and she completes her degree. And then she gets a, a chance to move up. And, and so I'll give you a good example. I had a couple, um, the guy started out working at UPS. And, uh, the, and the woman, she was, um, she, she, she moved up in ranks and she, she became um, an educator. Well, he was still providing for his family, but she was looking for him to be, to achieve more. They had no interest in doing that. So people, people don't come into relationships identifying what boundaries they have and what aspirations they have. I would love it if people had more premarital counseling. Yes, I agree. I agree with that. I know that some people don't necessarily take it seriously because the goal is let's just go ahead and get married. But I do think that not that you won't still have problems after you get married. So two people together, different backgrounds, you're going to have some friction, but at least you kind of know more about what you're getting into. And the premarital counseling covers a lot of the blind spots in regards to blind topics 
that may not be normally shared. So talking in depth about money and talking more about, you know, the role of, you know, in-laws in the house, that kind of thing, things that are not normally shared would be covered in premarital counseling. But I agree with you 100%. I wish more couples would do that. I wanted to ask you a little bit, going back to what you said about the leveling up comment, how do you feel women can support the man more? And and support him in what way? Well, you know, you talked about like, they start off in the relationship, they might, you know, have some education. And then one person, usually the woman starts to kind of move up in her career. But what way can she support him, you know, mentally, physically? So it's not really like a competition. It's more about the household, the growth of the household. In what way do you feel like the man, the man would feel more supported by his woman? Well, or wife? Well. Yeah, well, b- both. They have to. They have to be aware of the fact that while they have the 168 hours a week, when they come together, there's an overlap. So they need to be checking in more. Like I said, how are we doing? How are we doing? And 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 keep the uh, keep the flame going. Make sure they're growing together, not apart. So uh, always always say that as far as couples, a woman will submit, not be submissive will submit to a man if he's staying under the umbrella of God and he is valuing her as a weaker vessel, as the word word says. That makes her feel valued. She will respect him. And if a man knows everything is good at home, he can conquer the world. Right. And that may, the conquering of the world may not look like what the woman has designed in her head that it should look like or how her friends think it should look but really just what it looks like to the husband. And that's being, a, you know, the head of the house, a caretaker of the house and, you know, assisting in the ways of growth of the relationship. So I like what you said about that. It's, it's interesting that, you know, your background uh, really does kind of put such a motivation really into what you do as a therapist. So, you know, I know that we're wrapping up, but I wanted to know for you, this is a a question directly for you. Now that you know all that you know, you know, with your with your background, your military background, with your Christian based background, with your professor background, what is it that you wish that you knew that that you know now that you wish you you uh, had known when you were like 21 years old? Well, the, the one thing that I always say is that I wish I'd have, I accepted the Lord sooner. That's the one thing, because I was a late bloomer. Yeah. When I accepted mm-hmm. the Lord. But um, and and the other thing is, even though I started on this journey, when I started on this journey, it was by, it was back in uh, 2006 when I started on this journey of going to school to learn more about counseling so I can help others. And my complaint was, as I got to the end of this, I wish I had known more about this when I started. But one of my one of my um, mentors told me, you know, I mean, the Bible says you're ready for such a time as this. Would I have been ready to be the man that I am for the people that I see if I had not experienced all, of, all I did? Mm-hmm. And so 
I, I really wouldn't want to change anything because the culmination of what I've experienced has helped me help people in so many different ways that it gives me the confidence when I go in that I may not know everything because I know I have to do some research, but I am the instrument in the room and I can help this person if they want to be helped. That's good. And, you know, really what you're saying, uh, especially what your mentor said to you is all things work together. You know, that means that at the appointed time, a lot of times we feel like, okay, I wish that things could have been different or if I had been on my game sooner. Um, But the reality is, is that, um, you know, God allowed you to flourish when it was your time, when he knew you were ready, when you were able to kind of capture and understand what he was doing in your life. And, you know, who only he would know if it would have happened sooner, what would have been the outcome. But um, I, I love the encouragement that your friend gave you for you. Do you do you have a life verse? Do you have a verse in the Bible that actually like speaks speaks to you? My mantra is Romans 12 and 2. Do not be conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord in all that ways and, and acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And I do believe that. But I, I like Romans 12 and 2. And I have that on my license plate. Because it's, it also has to do with your cognition. Do not be conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when I walk in a room and I think about that with someone, or they, they come across in Zoom, I think about that. Only you can change your thinking to change your behavior. So God loves the sinner, if I can go there, but not the sin. <clears throat> we can love the person, but not the behavior. That's right. Well, go there. It's, it's, <laughs> this is a free space, so go there. <laughs> so, so when I when I have people to say to see that if God can love the sinner but not the sin, certainly you can love the person but not the behavior, and that person has to change their behavior. You can't change that. Only only person you can change and have effect on is yourself, and you need to work on you, not yeah. trying to change them. Yeah. So, and right now we are in a tough time just because. People are, you know, I know you've heard the saying like, um, where I am, who I am. And so is that type of mindset that does not foster attitude growth, transforming of the mindset. And it really just kind of puts people in a stalemate position. So just what you said of just, you know, that scripture being your life scripture in the, in the sense of just making sure that you transform your mind. We are in control of what our thoughts are, how those thoughts um, become our actions and, you know, how we live out our walk, our life walk. We're, we're in control of that. So it's just, you know, it's very powerful in that sense. Not only, not only that, what you speak, what you speak has, has your words have power. Yes, words yeah. definitely. I, I tell I tell men in particular, you know, a high pitched sound can crack a glass. So your words matter, and people are more they're more like Velcro than Teflon. Stuff sticks it out mm-hmm. with the words. Yeah, that's very true. It it just lets you know, like you said, words are powerful, and things do stick. So things that we say stick to others. Things that have been said to us to us 
and and really the self-talk also sticks to us as well yeah but you know there's um there's a, a self-affirmation hug that I have people do you know you can you can hug yourself or hug someone for 20 seconds and it releases a hormone oxytocin that is uh what they call a cuddle hormone 20 seconds 20 30 seconds it will change just like the endorphins we get from feeling good. It mm-hmm. would change the whole process. Have the person hug themselves and say, I am loved, I am valued, I'm being helped, I'm being healed. For those people that have issues with self-esteem, that's a that's big. It's huge. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, right. it's, it's huge. It's huge, you're right. It's huge, it's huge. I mean, yeah. ultimately because what you're saying as far as like the, the affirmations, if you have self-esteem problems, um, you know, that helps both ways. It helps with your mental health. Yeah. And if you have good mental health, then it also helps with your physical health. Exactly. So it, it's huge. Exactly. Exactly. So one compliments the other. You know, this, uh, we have to have balance. We have to have balance. We can't, uh, when I see these guys come in, come in and um, and look like they live in the gym, I tell them you need to put as much time in your relationship as you put in the gym. To those muscles. <laughs> put, so, more, put more into your relationship so, than you do into those muscles, huh? So, so what happens to a muscle if after three days you don't work out? It atrophies. It goes back to where it starts. The same thing with your relationship. If you don't put the work in, it'll go back to where it was. And then you'll be saying, well, you know, we were in a good place, but now what happened? You didn't work it. You didn't work the muscle. You didn't plan your work and work your plan. You got to make that thing happen. That's right. That's right. Well, that is some good advice. You have given us some valuable nuggets. And I mean, it's so many different things that you touched on and, you know, in this time frame, um, I know that I will, you know, invite you back because you're just a wealth of information, but I want to know for you, what is next for Ken? What's next for Ken? Well, right now, um, um, I've, I've gotten together with a couple of colleagues, you probably already know, and we're starting a, um, our own group relationship builders and as a matter of fact even now we're doing some um, work with the with the school they have a um, they have a group uh, for uh, their their students that are going through burnout so we're meeting with them every month they have a group session to share with them how they can get through these uh, anxiety of going through classes of working about worrying about passing the NCE and what is it like to transition into um, into being a real therapist or clinician. So that's that's one of the things. That's um, wonderful. Um, I'm, I'm going to be moving back to California. Yeah, so. I was going to ask you about that. I knew that you, you know, had set yourself to move. I wasn't sure if you were already there. So you are um, planning to move now. Yeah, we're planning to move, but I'm still want to maintain the relationship here and um, uh, my license here, as well as my license in 
California. So I'm just looking at um, possibilities. Uh, I may I may go back to working with the v, VFW once it opens up because I was helping them with the uh, PTSD issues. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. PTSD. And um, is this only for, is this for everyone? Would that be for everyone, women and men or men only? Well, it'd be for the veterans, over okay. there, which okay. is men and women. Men and women. Now, now there's a big issue with complex uh, PTSD, complex trauma, where you see people that have been multiple issues that they've been exposed to, especially um, women that have been abused as a child and abused in a relationship. And uh, those things come up too. I get a lot of that as well. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so there's a lot of different areas. Um, one of the things I, I didn't want to do was specialize when I was, and but now it seems like I'm, I'm operating in that realm. I'm more involved in relationships than I was before. And, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think it's interesting how we you start off by saying, no, I don't want a specialty. I just want to do, you know, just be general. But the specialty has a way of like finding you. Your, your, your gifts will make room for you. That's it. That is it. So how can people reach you, Ken? If they wanted to reach you, if they wanted to find out where is Kenneth Bond, how can they reach you? Well, I'm I'm on psych, uh, psychology today, so you can you can reach me on that. I'm still with SMR for now, so um, but um, I don't have my website up, but they can reach they can reach me by my email address uh, or uh, my my Google phone. Okay. All right. Uh, well. Yeah, so, but Psychology Today is the main source of contacting you, right. and um, if they are in the Maryland area, they, uh, Maryland, D.C., or Virginia, I would imagine, they can reach out to you at SMR Counseling Services in Maryland, correct? That's correct. All right, and uh, you're also working, you got a lot of projects happening so, you know, I know that you are going to continue to do as well as you're doing and just continuing to make that impact, not, not just as a man, but as a man of God, making a positive impact on marriages and other individuals, you know, um, families as a whole, because if, even if you're counseling the husband, you're making an impact on the wife and the kids. If you if you're working with both of them, you're making an impact. And so, uh, it's we just have to keep working and do do more. It is a lot going on. It is a little bit more increased this year um, to me than last year. Um, but we are needed in this profession. So I wanted to tell you, thank you for your work. You know, uh, thank you for you, just the skill that you have and the passion that you have for this field and, and really all that you do and continue on, continue in the fight. Ken's words expressed a motivation, a readiness for men and honestly women. So what's the big thought? The big thought from Ken Bond's discussion with me was to transform our minds. And we do that by telling our stories, by being our own advocates, 
and my favorite phrase that sparked so much motivation was to go from bitter to better and good to great. Well, that's it for this week's podcast. I'm your host, Ebony Griffin. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, good people. Small talk, big thoughts, big thoughts. Small talk, big thoughts, big thoughts. Small talk, big thoughts, big thoughts. Oh.